I'll never forget. This is so sad. One of the proudest moments of my life, because I vividly remember it, was my freshman year when I first got to Wagner. And you realized how a walkie-talkie worked? Well, no. And I was walking back from the dining hall with PJ, uh, Jim, and this... Oh, God, what was that kid's name? Anthony. Something good. No. Sal. No. He was a... Hispa- no, he wasn't Hispanic. He was like Juan. Polynesian. Anyway, Pablo. So the th- and I like I just met these guys and I was like wanted to make a good impression because I was new. Yeah. And I forget what we were talking about, but I remember Jim was like, "That doesn't make sense. It's not like we're a team." And so and then there was like a pause, and then I went, Psh, "Cancel jerseys." What's up, guys? Welcome to episode six of the Dinosaur Machines Game Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, as I stumble over my words, Mark Magro. Joining me today, the two sole survivors of the Flapjack Fire, Dave Grimm and Dan Colonna. Guys, how are we doing this evening? I'm all right. You know? I am all right as well. <laughs> I feel like one episode I want somebody to be like, I'm not all right. And then Terrible. we go into a 30 minute harangue about a trouble. <laughs> just gonna life. like. <clears throat> just gonna. What is. Oh, never mind. <laughs> so we're trying to keep the. the I could be honest way. every time if you want. No, because this is not a psychiatry podcast. This is a game club podcast where we pick a game that we think is interesting, worthy of discussion, and we discuss it here. Today's game Firewatch by Los, Los Santos? Campo Santo? Campo Santo? Campo Santo. All right. Oh, you're thinking of Grand Theft Auto. Los Los Santos is is L.A. in uh, in, in that game. Maybe that's where they they were playing it and were inspired for some reason. I don't know. But so this is a spoiler full podcast. There's tons of spoilers. If you Mm -hmm. haven't played Firewatch, I don't know why you're listening to this. Maybe it's just because you're not going to play it and you want to hear what we think. Well, we're going to tell you, so don't even worry about it. So, Dan, start us off. What? I don't know anything about Firewatch. I'm not one of these people. What is this game? Well, it's a good thing you asked, Mark, because I have in front of me the Steam description of Firewatch. What were the odds? Firewatch is a single-player, first-person mystery set in the Wyoming wilderness, where your only emotional lifeline is the person on the other end of a handheld radio. This game's popular user-defined tags are Adventure, Atmospheric, Walking Simulator, and Indie. Indie. Indiana Jones. No, I don't think it's an arcade. I, I you, wish. I, you pretty much get a whip and a... <laughs> no, like you... Sometimes there's this boulder that it chases you out of a cave, and as long as you fast... Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a boulder. We never found it. That would have mm. made something more interesting. Mm. Oh, okay. He's from but, Boulder, Colorado. Huh? He is from Boulder, Colorado. All right. The, you're on, the you're on a roll. Uh, Wait a minute. Maybe that's the whole point of the game, that Henry is actually... Dr. Jones. Actually, that is his name. What? Henry is... Oh, Henry Jones I named Jones him after Jr. myself. Yeah. Uh, all right. Junior. Well, we I named think, a dog Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, clearly we're getting into it because this is the truth of the game. He's actually... Mm. No, it's not. Well, Dave, what what is this game actually like to play? Um, I didn't love that description. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, you play as Henry, who... Uh, was in a relationship with a woman named Julia, or is in a relationship with a woman named Julia. You know, they you go briefly go over um, how they meet and the trouble that they're now into as he, uh, she gets early onset dementia and she kind of loses, like, her sense of self, you know, and, you know, 
you wind up leaving her with her family in Australia mm. or putting her Were in Were you home. in Australia? I thought uh, it's somewhere in a hospital. It's Australia. It Is depends it? on which... Oh, it depends on which decision. It, it depends on which decisions you make in the in the beginning of the game. But oh, the conversation yeah. inside the game always leads to him talking about that she's in Australia. So I'm like, I guess that's really what they meant they her to be. Oh, right. anyway. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so she gets early onset dementia, and you, Henry, are just learning to deal with that. You just you take up a job that you find in the paper to work as a a fire watch lookout in the wilderness in Wyoming and you're just kind of learning to cope with everything and uh mm. you you have a or relation- are you and you well or you're trying to run from it and you're just mm. you know finding new relationships you speak a lot to your boss Delilah and you're not really sh- and you kind of have to suss out as the player like where you stand with her you know there's a lot of like suspicion, like mm. how genuine is that relationship, you know? And I think that is one of the the biggest threads of this game is that relationship with Dwyla. Mm. Dwyla, mm-hmm. ooh, I made up a new name, Dwyla. Dwyla, <laughs> but let's before we get like all into the, that big thing, let's kind of I think because this game is narrative, we can kind of yeah. go piece by piece, maybe. So, Dan, I'll start with you. Like, what decisions did you make in the beginning? In terms um, of that, like, opening, like, monologue, you can kind of pick choices yeah, about the, the relationship. the very first just... thing is, how do you, when you go to approach her, do you say, you're pretty, or what's your major? <laughs> I think I asked her about school. Yeah. I, think I did, too. <laughs> I said, <'Cause>... you're pretty. <laughs> One quick little note. Instantly didn't like Henry. He's drinking Coors. Come on, man. <laughs> I drank Coors. You didn't drink Coors in college. Yeah, but I'm not going to, like, as an adult, and I realize... Well, oh, he's from Boulder, Colorado, good. and Coors is from the Rockies. It seems to be it's connected. It's also known as the banquet beer, for the record. <laughs> but my point is that, like, it's more local than it is here. Uh, it's piss water. Doesn't make it acceptable. Sorry. Wow. Didn't well, like Henry because of that. We just lost a lot of Coors fans. <laughs> they just popped off the podcast. Bud Light, we're listening if you want to sponsor. <laughs> uh, I think the most important decision in the beginning, do you choose Bucket or Mayhem? I choose Bucket. <laughs> you gotta go Bucket. Bucket. Cho- yeah, yeah Bucket. Yeah, all right. Bucket. She I mean, I fell understood. in love with Bucket. Who's this dog for? Is it for her or for you? Right. Exactly. <laughs> but there was a good point uh, that made me second guess my decision for a moment. Oh, that the, During the mugging situation yeah that if yeah. i had the german shepherd to protect her which seemed logical considering she was in need of protection yeah it's know. literally you know what's funny on that point is like when they brought up the points like well no one's gonna mess with her if she has a german shepherd i'm like who's just getting mugged on the streets oh. of course you go with the beagle <laughs> by the way as someone who started the game twice and has done made both decisions it doesn't yeah. matter during that mugging scene right. surprising <laughs> yeah mayhem does, right. mayhem does not save the day <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't there like multiple muggers? <laughs> I, I don't, don't think know. so. Well, it's a moot point. So terrible situation with his, and I, I I like the beginning a lot, especially when you're thinking about like building a backstory. I mean, it is a little kind of upfront and in your face, but you do establish kind of a mindset of Henry. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting when you're talking about, you know, when we think about first-person games throughout for, like, mm-hmm. the last 20 years or so, there's always been this kind of, like, 
you go in that like non-talking protagonist, and they're like the everyman, the silent protagonist, so that you can yeah. really immerse yourself in that character, right. right? And then there's the opposite approach where you are kind of just trying to establish a character, and I don't know, like maybe like I'm, I'm Drake wrong in that from yeah. Uncharted. But you know what's weird, and I'm glad you're, like you brought that up, like. I think Drake's a good example where it's like you're playing a character who's very much a character, and you don't have decisions for him, so you can't really shape who he is. Although in the new one, apparently, there is dialogue trees. But That's weird. Do you think it's weird when you're playing a first-person game where you're playing a character? Like, I don't know. For some reason, I always associate if you are in the first-person perspective, it's supposed to be you in that position. Uh, Am I crazy? A little bit because Goldeneye, you know, you're you're playing James Bond. I guess that's a really silly example, but I feel like there's a lot of game. It's an even split. I think in, it could be both. Mm. In Portal, you're playing a shell, but it's she's definitely yeah. Like she doesn't have, and I think the shell's a good example where she doesn't have a personality. Like she is a character, especially like all the the lore of that game. It's kind of fun about shell, but yeah. you never have to make a decision that will reflect what kind of person she is. Where this was kind of. You did have some choices to shape what was his relationship going to be with Delilah, what mm-hmm. was his relationship going to be with Julia in terms of how he thinks of her, what he's planning to do. But I felt like it was very, I don't know, there was something about being in his shoes and seeing what he sees. It was, like, weird. I don't know. Uh, I see, it doesn't matter to me. Cause to me, it's just a it's just a decision about perspective, you know? Mm. Like, you're, you're trying to tell me that if, if there was this... Uh, if this game was over the shoulder, you would be like, yeah. you, it's less immersive, now I'm a character. Like, what was the difference? Yeah, it would be... I know, I feel because I could see them. I just felt I like, think... if anything, this just makes you feel more like you're in Henry's shoes. I mean, I felt like, yeah, I did feel like I was in Henry's shoes, but I didn't... I felt like Henry, not me. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of, I don't know, something with that, like, perspective thing kind of threw me off. So, anyway. Stan, what were you going to well, say? Go I was going to say, like, on day three, you get you have to answer a bunch of questions to Delilah about what you look like. And I had a lot of trouble with this because of what you're referring to right now, mm. Mark. Because I only got one good shot at Henry's face. And that was, like, when you see a picture of him naked in your notebook in, like, the first ten minutes. I think that's kind of it. There's not... Yeah, and, yeah. There's, and there's the photo of himself on the on the desk. Right. With and, Julia. And that position, I struggled a lot. Cause, and in that position, I wouldn't struggle a lot because I know what I look like. Mm-hmm. And you do know what you it look felt like. as though I was almost shaping his face as I was saying it day three into his new job as a lookout in Wyoming. So it was kind of a weird time to be mm-hmm. mentally deciding what he looked like, in a sense. That's fair. Because that, I could see that being a character creation tool. Yeah, mm. I, I, I understand you look that. Like, like, uh, yeah. But I don't think that that's what it was. I think it was more like, almost like... How you perceive when yourself. You, not how, necessarily how you perceive yourself. More like, as a adolescence, as an adolescent, did you ever, like, go in chat rooms and, be like, talk to somebody and, like, you're, like, and they, they ask you, they ask you about yourself and, like, you have now have this opportunity to just lie. To be your, mm, be you your, your best I mean? version of yourself in your mind. Because, you know what? someone else. On that point, you bring it, because it's so interesting, and it's one of those things that you realize that doesn't happen. That, that was a very, very small window of time where we could do that as kids, which happens were a thing. But now for, for people, like, I don't know. I think it's just different when you think about Instagram mm. and Twitter. It's like all these things are with pictures. Like, I feel like there was a level of, like, anonymity that's a little lost mm. today. Well, now but, it's called catfishing. 
Now it's called catfish. If you lie, you gotta be really dedicated to. But we're getting off the rails. That's true. But like, it's catfishing is is like almost like a mean troll. Like right. What we were doing was just innocent, like playful role playing. Yeah. No, and it's all about escapism, mm-hmm, which right. I think is a big thing about this game. Mm-hmm. And it's, unless we kind of go through like the plot points, mm-hmm. so graphic wise, I thought it was beautiful. It was a beautiful game, yeah, gorgeous game. It reminds me of The Witness a lot, like just this very colorful environment. Um, am I just a curmudgeon? Map looks big. It's actually not as big as you. No, think it's, it not. Is. it's not. It's not big because I. I was playing it earlier, and I was walking north, and I was like, geez, I'm never going to get there. And I was, like, almost at the top of the map when I didn't realize it. I was like, oh, forget it. Yeah, they have, like, those mile markers. It's like five miles this way. You can get there in two minutes. Yeah, 1.4 miles away from a sign I had just seen. I I was like, that's not a mile. Come on. Liar. (laughs) How dare you? Um, What was I going to say? Just something about the map. So, yeah, did anyone hit any invisible walls? I broke the game a couple times. I, I also did. Like, I hit this point. There's no reason I can't go in this direction, but I'm being stopped. I mean, oh, usu- no, I, I just usually, got stuck in rocks. Usually mm. there were, like, branches on the floor or something for me. Yeah, but, I mean, it's something that was visible. Like, okay, I can't cross this. Mm-hmm. But it was. I, I, there were a few times because I was trying to... And I think, not to get ahead of myself, but, like, one of my frustrations with this game was that... There were definitely, and Dave, you mentioned there's turtles in this game, which I didn't even know there were turtles. Yeah, you can get, you can adopt a turtle. Yeah, which is like crazy. <laughs> yeah, what? Didn't did find a turtle. And I think he, he can appear in three different position, three different spots on the map depending on the day. Mm. And ah! I, I gotta go. Yeah, back. I know. And I was like, oh, that might have been really added something. And I feel like there was. You get to name him. Oper- you get to name him, yeah. like you name the fire. You can, na- yeah, you get to name him either Turt Reynolds. Turtle, uh, <laughs> uh, which is what I named him, uh-huh. Shelley Duvall. Nice, I like it. Um, or Bucket or Mayhem Junior. Oh wow! Or cool. you can tell um, Delilah when she asks that it's a secret, and then you'll never know. Mm. Interesting. Well, like I feel like those things. Like I, I kept thinking as you get like an objective. The, the, the game's broken up in days. Mm-hmm. And you get like an objective <clears throat> for that day. And I felt like, oh, you know, I would have loved more motivation to go to different parts of the map, like, before I go check that out. But there never really was. It's like, why would well, I go to other parts, except why wouldn't I just go to the place where I'm being directed to go? Unless you just consider that maybe you don't care about your job that much. And you, I, and, you and maybe it is about escapism and, and you're lazy. Like, yeah, I mean... You know what I mean? Like, go check this out, like, when the telephone wires cut... But you're like, whatever, yeah. I'm gonna I'll get there. But first I'm gonna go check out what's over here. You know? Yeah, yeah, and that was the thing. Like I I, I was thinking it's like I would love to just start wandering the trails, but I didn't have a reason to. Mm. I mean, like, yeah, okay, it's pretty, Then did you ever find I, the 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 cabin? There's a cabin. There's an old cabin the old cabin with the with the guitar in it. Yeah. Isn't the, and the top fire. left of the map? No, it's if on you, the top left of the map. It's you'll yeah. probably you can run into it. I ran into it when I was looking for the phone line. Yeah, it's and, it does, you'll come um, I just veered off north. If, I yep. didn't say if you're like hugging yeah. the east wall as you're right. walking up north, you'll you'll run into the cabin. See, mm-hmm. that's kind of frustrating for me because it's I don't know. Like, I guess maybe I just don't have that mm-hmm. wanderlust part yeah. of me. I'm a very objective base, but I almost felt like this game would have been better if it had like this opportunity for side quests. 
it's kind of like you hear grumbles about something that something might be happening in the other area. That's a side thing, but your main objective is this. And then I would have felt more, okay, let me go check this out. Mm. But I just, for the most part of the game, I just kind of stuck, stuck to, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now, so I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And although it's kind of, although it's it's the map is definitely not as big as it seems, the game does do a pretty good job is it gives you opportunities. You understand, okay, I'm supposed to go this way. You don't get lost that often. At least I felt that way. I got lost a, a little bit just because I was trying to figure out how to read the map a little better. Hmm. And um, I would veer off the path a lot on purpose, but then also be like, oh, wait, where did I go? Because <laughs> yeah. I was trying to find stuff. Uh, Pull up that compass. Yeah. On, on the subject of being a little left to myself, I guess I kind of agree with you to a point because it's supposed to be a job, right? Mm-hmm. And when I go to work, I have like tasks I should go through and then my day is done, right? So I didn't feel like I had like enough things going on besides the main story. Like, if my day at real work consisted of going to chase teenagers and, like, literally chasing them to try to get back at them, because my boss is saying, we're going to get them and scare them. I'm like, this is my job right now? Like, if I also, like, had to go, like, on, like, marking trees to... I don't know. I can't come up with any off the cuff. Well, on that point, I think you bring up an interesting thing, because it's like a job... I mean, actually, I'm assuming this it is, is a his real... job, and you yeah, can and this do that is a real job. Well. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I Firewatch lookout. At least at that time of the, you know, was this in the 80s? Is, yeah, yeah. And she actually brings it up that Delilah that there's this kind of influx of money, yeah, because of fires, and it is very much like it is. I could totally see it as the the oper- the most prime opportunity if you just want to get away, yeah, with right. minimal responsibility. Like, this is the opportunity. It's like Ron Swanson. Wait, <sighs> speak of Ron Swanson, who is this Henry's voice? I felt like I kept recognizing it, but I couldn't figure it out. Oh, I don't know. Out. I never looked it up. Someone, Dan, you I'll got your it. phone. Please do that, because it's definitely someone I've... It's an actor I know and I've seen. Firewatch is neither a game nor is an experience. Discuss. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, I think it's um, a game. <laughs> Dave, what did you think of just Delilah as a whole, especially like those opening days? I what think was, like, it's really impression? interesting. Like when she first is like trying to feel you out, and she says, and later on she admits to uh, being drunk when she had called you. I just like <sighs> she's a hard character to figure out, and I feel like it's op- open ended on purpose, you know, for because mm. they want you to to not really under- know where you stand with her, mm-hmm. you know. I definitely agree. And um, and that's kind of funny because, like, if you think about it, in most places, like that, when you have jobs, you can think that you're friends with your boss, but are you like, do you ever really know? You know what I mean? Like, like you're you're always gonna be, you know, friendly because you're not gonna yes. be like, you know, a jerk to your boss all the time if you want to keep your job. Right, you know? and I think there are there's some blending of the lines, and but I do think that there's always kind of a question. It's like, where do I stand with Delilah? You're not really ever yeah. sure. Dan, you, you've come across something. I, I have who he is. His name is Rich Summer. He plays Henry Crane oh, in Mad Men. Oh, Henry Crane. Oh, Henry Crane. I've met oh, him. Of course. <laughs> Next time you see him. Mad Men guys. They had the guy from L.A. Noir. Mm-hmm. Got this guy. They're doing all right for themselves. This is, uh, I didn't recognize cast. his voice. I did, and I couldn't figure it out. Harry I was so frustrated. So, 
Dave kind of puts out like Delilah kind of puts you like you're never really sure where you stand with her. Dan, I think you made a mention of it like the beginning, like day one. You get a kind of a, a weird opening to your job. What happens day one? So on day one, you get there. And I don't remember much actually. The Hold first on. okay. There's two girls. Yeah. Come on. Two, oh oh, the first <laughs> thing you do. Sorry, I thought you were talking about interaction with uh, Delilah. But your first gig is going to find out if there's a fire. Like, because you see the fireworks. put it out. You see fire. You hear fireworks. You see fireworks. Everything goes. You're like, oh, cool. Let me go check this out. And you find two drunk, presumably drunk partying girls in the pond naked. You find their underwear. And they're just going, like, hey, you know, doing their thing. And you can take their boombox and yell at them and scare them. And that's so far, I, I admittedly. Did not beat this one, but they seem to be the main enemy in this game. Surprise! Beyond themselves, you, know, you could have thrown the uh, boombox in the in the lake. I did that because you did it. You did. Yeah. It. You threw it in the lake. Well, that I'm was your sure. property. <laughs> well, you know how what? dare you? How dare they mess with my fire and nature? <laughs> Wait, did anyone steal the whiskey? Oh yeah, I stole the whiskey but, as well. All right, we're all on the same page. Gotta, I assume, gotta, I treat it like confiscation. You got to confiscate the whiskey, and you got to confiscate the fireworks. I mean, that's what you got to clean up everything. Mm. Oh, you cleaned up I everything? Think... I didn't clean up everything. Oh yeah, it's a... right. <laughs> it's your job. Yeah. Well, it's nature. I didn't weird. realize it was an option, honestly, <laughs> to oh. pick up all the cans. Okay, fair enough. But it's it's an interesting point because you do have those little decisions, and they don't really have any bearing on anything. But it is. It all plays a part in, like, you shaping your view of Henry. And I think mm. there is that, like, when you think about, um, we played Oxenfree mm. in episode one. And, like, you have, I don't even remember her name. What was her name? Alex? Alex. Alex. Like, she is a very much a character, but you have an opportunity in terms of shaping her relationship with her Jonas mm-hmm. and Ren and how she feels about her brother. Right. But she's still a character. And I think Henry kind of falls in the same mold where... You're given leeway to kind of shape who Henry is, but at the same time, Henry is very much Henry. He's not you. But you know what? It's 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 less on rails than you would expect because there's a lot of branching dialogue trees. Like, if you don't say this here, then this conversation later doesn't happen. I, and I, I, like, I only played through it once, so, like, I've read that there's other choices, and... But, like, how dramatic is it? Probably, like, probably you, you not all it. that dramatic, but, I like, there was... There's like you can like pl- you can decide to like play along with her punning, and like that mm. changes certain things and jokes that they make later, you know. Or you can. I know you have. There's that opportunity where you have to go pick up supplies, and you can either take just yours or you yeah. can take everybody's. There's an extra day that happens if you take everybody's. Oh really? But I never did that. Yeah. Did I was going to be that. a jerk. You gotta go, you have to deal with the the consequences of taking other people's food. Yeah, Henry's a you know he's a drunk. He's not a jerk. <laughs> I found I found that box, but I think it was empty. Oh yeah, the first time you go there, later like the next day, the, oh, yeah, like the yeah, next yeah. they they yeah. send you back up there to get your supplies, like I the see. next playable day. You know. Yeah. Did you guys put the hat on when you found the world? Oh well, Mark Dave didn't Mark didn't find the Korean because that's right next to the cabin. So there's Graphics. a there's a supply box that has a I think another map with stuff yeah. on it and. A hat, a Korean War veteran's hat, and um, mm. it's. I know it's part of the main story that's really mm. going on because you're in the lookout house of what is a retired re- uh, Korean War veteran, who Brian something. I forget uh, his name. Anyway, he, he's some. Brian yeah, he's somebody yeah. who's uh, Delilah speaks of very. Oh, Fondly. that guy, and yeah. um, mm-hmm. oh, and, and I think that that's a good point to kind of help yeah, the good ones, because. Yeah. 
There is this kind of Brian sub story where the guy before you, Roy, Ned, Ned, good Ned, Roy it. is one of the uh, two Rangers, Roy and Dave, who took, or it's Ron and Dave. They talk yeah. to each other in notes in the supply boxes. Yeah, so you do kind of come across these these boxes where it's giving a little backstory about what was happening before, what's happening around you. And the biggest thing that ends up playing the importance is, and Delilah speaks of them, that there was the guy who you kind of replaced, uh, Ned, was mm. with his son Brian, and he was weird. He was a war veteran. He had some bad PTSD, mm. and they kind of just disappeared. Yeah. And no one ever knew what happened to them. So you get that seed. And then as you kind of progress through the days, things kind of get weird, and it does kind of – you. I'm the only one to play it uh, until dawn, right? Yes. Yep. I like that. Like, great game. Play it, please. It's it's got to be dirt cheap now. Like, what was cool about Until Dawn is that like it took the idea of a horror movie and it threw everything at you. It's like, is this an escapee? Like, an escapee from a mental asylum? Is this a conspiracy from the government? Is this a monster? Like, it throws all of them, and you don't know which one is the real thing. And there, and what it kind of ends up is there's kind of layers to everything. This kind of does the same thing where you start to get the sense that there is something going on around you. I think it's on day three or two where you overhear a conversation with Delilah. She's having about you. Yes, day two. That's day two. That's I wanted to talk about that because that's very yeah, important. Me too. Go, well, Dave. Go for it. Or yeah, just like because that first instance, like because you can you can choose to ignore it, uh-huh. right? Or you could call her out on it. Right? I Which did right you guys out. do? I called her out That's directly. Because yeah. I'm not... First of all, I can't be held responsible if you left the button on. Right? Number one. Number two. Number one. <laughs> I made every effort to be like, hey, hey, you left it on. You left it on. You left it on. And she never responded. So mm. that I, I tried but then my when best. You, when you call her out on that, yeah, I was like, she Did you talk doesn't about respond it? to you. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then like a second later, you have to do work and she talks to you as if yeah. nothing happened. So right. The f- first time I played the game, I didn't finish it the second time, but the first time I chose to ignore it specifically right. because I was wondering if she would keep making that mistake and it would lead to me to overhear other things because I didn't want to um. jump to conclusions, but at the same time I was like, what's going on here? Right. I did the same thing, yeah. Yeah. Nothing so, happens. Nothing well, happens. It happens at a time of the game, too, when you're literally trying to fix communications that aren't yeah. over radio. So you're like, who else is she talking to? What's this going, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, and she right. and it was also like when she uh, when she claims to have put in a call about your uh, – your, it's moments after you, you first get suspicious of her because she puts in that call for you about your, uh, your tower being ransacked. You right. know, mm-hmm. and you're like, that was fast. Like, as if it was too fast, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and then you, the moment that you overhear her saying is like, no, I don't think he knows knows yet. Would you? That was what you overhear, right? Yeah, something like that. And so it's like it's building on these little threads where mm-hmm. between there's there's sense of like there's a conspiracy about who Delilah. And I texted you guys when I was halfway through. Yeah. And this is my theory, which would turn out to not be true. Okay, I was starting to think: Is Delilah even a real person? Oh yeah, uh, I figured you. M- is this all in his head? <sighs> yeah, it is. It isn't. No, <laughs> she's a real person. <laughs> but um, 
so there is there's all these little kind of stir threads and he even he calls it out he's like are you even a real person are you in my head yeah because what's interesting about his relationship with delilah is there are these kind of flirtatious moments especially that night where when the fire happened the fire yeah where she's drunk and she's calling you and you see the opportunities it's like are you gonna try to pursue her romantically and you can you could throw that out there, but it, ultimately, again, it doesn't really go anywhere. Mm. And so there's that going on. There's this whole government conspiracy idea, which goes into the camp. We'll kind of get to that stuff later. You, uh, Dan, you came across the fence, right? The chain link fence? Twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one that's in the, the cave. Which is no, like the no, ins- no, no, not that no. one. There's another there's one. There's a chain link fence a in the yeah. northwest section of the map that um, no. after you... Go to the phone line, and you find it cut. Did you do that? Did you get to that yeah. part? Okay, after that, yeah. and, you're, and then you see smoke. Right. You know, and you're supposed to be going back towards the smoke. If you take yeah. the western route back, you'll come across the chain link fence, and she's like, that's not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, weird. I didn't even come across that. So yeah, Maybe you went to... south back the way you came instead of going I did. Yeah, that's totally I went possible. south, and then I found the lake, and I followed that to the Yeah, path. so that's why. Yeah. So, like, oh. there's this whole idea that there's this forbidden area that's yeah, under, like, government or university pro- – there's, like, university yeah. project going on, so it's closed off. All right, and that's BS. Why wouldn't she know about this, right? Like, she's, right. like, overlooking the whole area. Which is, like, suspicious. And then there's the whole thing. Dan, did you find the, the tent where the girls left the note? Yes. Did you got that far? I got that far. Yeah. And what was your initial, like, thought about what that was? Uh, I was – with the, the way it was, they wrote a violent note mm-hmm. attached to their destroyed tent. So clearly they destroyed it because you couldn't get to that part of the tent without destroying it in the first place. That's interesting that you think that. You think that (laughs) she destroyed it? That they destroyed it? Yeah, now they have a vendetta against Henry because he messed with them that one night. And now they're all, like, frightened by him and now they're trying to get back at him. Mm. See, I went went the initial, like... This is a wild animal. They got to attack like a bear or something. For like a second I thought that, but then the nose so neatly placed right there. No, I figured... Mm. Well... Did you guys think that the teenagers messed with your tower? Uh, no, I, See, I initially thought so. Yeah, I didn't think it was well, the teenagers. I thought it was. I didn't. I thought it was the, the the man you saw when you were climbing right. back up. Mm-hmm. Right, who plays who turns into, out to be Ned. Ned, and that was actually one little thing about the game where there is this kind of sense as this kind of fear of like danger is when you have the encounter with the teenagers and then you have that encounter that day one. The game is telling you, I'm not going to render other people. Yeah. So I never like I always thought that would be something kind of creepy. Like I almost had like like thoughts of like slender. Oh, it's like what if you're gonna encounter somebody in the woods? How scary! You don't know how many times I turned around in this game. Like I was like someone behind me. Like like yeah, but like I don't know why you would have that because I thought from those two situations where they had the opportunities to introduce you to people, they don't. Mm. And I just think it was one of those things. It's like you're never gonna encounter another body like you are Mm. in this area. So like I I never felt that sense. Yeah. yeah, I felt alone is mm. the way I felt. Yeah, I definitely, like, I saw the guy, and I was like, all right, that's cool. All right, there. and then when I had more of a chance to meet people, they just kept it so distant. I was like, these, they're not doing it. So I, yeah. I can, I'm not going to see anybody. That's just it. Right. So, I never made that realization. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. That, like, that, that there was never going to be another person that I could run into. Well, to be fair, there is one other person you see, and it's at the end when you're in, getting into the helicopter, but before we oh, get yeah. there. So, you kind of getting, you're getting all these, like, different 
possibility of story threads. Is there a monster in this woods? Mm. Is this a government conspiracy? And that's the one that kind of goes the farthest where yeah. you end up finding this I don't even know what what was it, Dave? Like a beeper remote wave yeah, finder. Yeah, the, the wave well for lack of a better term we'll call it the wave finder or wave tracker. Anyway, it, it's this yeah. device, it's a tracker that beeps and you can and it can bring you back to other marked things. Right. And so the first you, time you get it, it brings you you're in the government area. You after you get an axe to cut th- through the fence to what were you gonna I say? I was trying to th- up to that scene. Why do you go to that camp again? I couldn't remember. It's been like two oh. weeks since I thought it. So, okay, so what happens is after the the fire that you name, mm. um, and you have that night where Delilah says, you know, I don't speak to the other lookouts the way that I speak to you, and Romantic. and whatnot. You're gonna go out fishing illegally without a license. She teases you about it, right? Um, you at this point you've come really close with Delilah. You start calling her D, you know, like and you get that's when you get her backstory, right? You start getting her backstory, but anyway, um, the point being that you, on your way to go fishing, um, which by the way she she knows that you're going to be fishing, so she can see you, right? Right. Just just let's put that no. out there, right? And um, on your way to the to the lake you find a clipboard that says Wapiti Station on it, and it has on it written the exact conversations and lines that have transpired between you and Delilah. Right. And then you also find the tape later that has those exact conversations. Well, the tape is delivered to you as almost after a threat you after, you, yeah. after, you, after you leave the camp and it's on fire. Yeah, see, like I totally like forget yeah. the, like that like middle section. So you you're she you're like Wapiti Station. Where's that? And she's like, maybe she means the Wapiti whatever area. And then so you go over there, you find the chain link fence locked, and she suggests because at this point she's like, you know, you can probably get some help from the firemen. They would have that door mm-hmm. open quickly. So she tells you to go find the firemen, but you don't. They're they've already left, but they left a fire axe. You know, right, so you right. take the fire axe. And you, that's uh, why. Okay. and you, and you go in and, um, you know, that's when you find inside of their camp, all this, all these tracking materials, all these weather veiny stuff, you know, all, all sorts of, um, obvious like research pieces. But then you also find the wave re- receiver or wave finder and you find, uh, a notebook that it leads you to that, mm. uh, has you, your name and Delilah's name in it. And like, it looks like they've been tracking the routes that you take and the conversations that you've had. And it puts us a lot of paranoia, like in your head. And, you know, Delilah suggests burning it to the ground and you are like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. And then like two seconds later, the place is on fire. Kind of like right. what you experienced with the, uh, with the kids and the, and their camp. Like, you know, right. you disagree with, you know, tearing up their camp but yet when you get there it, it's already happened and right. almost as if like they're trying that maybe they're trying to put the the concept that you might also have like some sort of dementia you know that like yeah. that you're doing these things and you don't even remember right Which, so there is that that brings up that possibility so you have all these threads of what is what is actually like going on and it seems very weird. And then by the end, you know, the wayfinder finds you to the backpack. You finally get into the cave. Yes. And then the reality the of the what cave. the situation is. You find – so do you want me to explain? 
Yeah, because I think let's just start getting to the. Okay. I think the ending is the yeah. important thing. So what happens is um, you find out that, like, Ned has been living in the woods. Okay? He hasn't left because, you know, you, you I don't think you grasped exactly who Brian Goodwin was yet because Delilah hasn't gotten into the details. But mm. Delilah, um, Brian is Ned's son. And Ned, you know, to probably because he was a Korean War vet and, you know, maybe was away from his son for a while. He uh, he brings him out to the wilderness with him to kind of, like, teach him how to be a man, you know? Mm. And, um... But Brian takes a liking to Delilah, and, like, they have their own little, like, friendship. You know, she's not, like, the mothering type, but at the same time, they, you know, she he teaches her how to play wizards and wyverns, <laughs> you know, the Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> And, uh, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, he, you've, eventually you come across, when you're, that gate that you found that, that was locked, Dan, in the, down in Thunder Canyon, mm-hmm. um, you get the key to that because, uh, Ned kind of leaves you a hint back, back to it. And when you're, mm-hmm. g- go down there, eventually you come out the other side of the canyon and you find a hideout that was Brian's. And you find all of his, like, his comic book stash, his Game Boy, his Dungeons and Dragons, or Wizards and Wyverns manuals, and, like, his own, like, like little painted sides. Like, he was making a little cool nest for himself that was probably his place to be away from his dad. Like, he probably thought his dad didn't know about this place, and this was his place to be away from his dad when he was there. Now, he was staying there with his dad way past when he was supposed to. You know, Ned taking it upon himself to, to you know, to connect with his son after probably being back from, um, from the war, and eventually you find notes and stuff saying that like you know I'm hiding these anchors, these you know for that are used for rope climbing because I'm afraid I don't you know I'm afraid to do it, you know so if Dad's not going to make me climb down these ropes if we don't have the anchors. You wind up taking the anchors because you need them to to go deeper down into the cave. And when you go down there, you find Brian's body down in the in the in the canyon in the cave, you know, and that leads you to believe that. I mean, this is what I was thinking is that this is why Ned led you through this, because he wants he wants the cat to be out of the bag, you know, uh, that's interesting that you you so you thought he purposely kind of led you to ned yeah i mean to brian brian yeah see i actually i didn't buy that i actually kind of you thought he was trying to get rid of you he was trying to kill you well because he locks the gate behind you right he locks the gate behind you and what i was i kind of put it as he's just trying to keep you in there like to lock you out but like so all the things like the girls getting thrown out like from the camp thinking they were attacked the the all the notes and things that are him's like he's trying to scare you to get you out. Yeah, I think that initially him. I think initially he's trying to scare anyone away because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want the wrong person to find his body. The wrong person, like, like he's been listening to you guys, right? He fe- he gets a sense of who you are, and he feels like he can trust you to do the right thing when you find his body. That's oh, the way I that thought, I took it. I totally took it a different direction. That's interesting. You keep know. going, keep going. So, you know, and then you have that conversation with Delilah, and she's livid. You know, 
about having found Brian's body. She's like, I should have, she feels responsible because she didn't report that Brian was still there, you know, when he wasn't supposed to. And, and then she says something that's kind of foreboding that like, that she doesn't want to talk to the police about this because then she's going to get questioned about Ned, Mm -hmm. you know? And I believe for like, cause you do eventually get a note from like a, a long tape from Ned explaining what's, the situation was he says like it was just an accident you know right and uh, i've been here he's like i he he's been here basically living in the wilderness because he's got nothing to go back to Mm -hmm. you know and um and i feel like my assumption is that the reason why she was close with brian and ned is because she probably had a relationship with ned Mm. like she probably like a romantic thing? Possibly. I mean, like, she's flirtatious. Ooh. That's how Definitely. she spoke about him the first time you talk about him. Interesting. Like, Brian. Oh, that. wow. Brian. And yeah, because he's like her boyfriend's son. <laughs> you know? That, that's the way the that I took too. Well, let, let's kind of then, to kind of jump on that point, because I think this all plays into, like, the end game. So mm. the, the final day is after you kind of put all this together, the, mm. the flapjack fire or whatever you named it kind of burns out of control. Mm. And you need to leave. Yeah. It's time to go now. So you're trying to get to Delilah's camp the last day to escape. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was interesting, like, when you're having that conversation with Delilah, and I'm not sure how it works with Delilah trade, but I, I vividly remember asking her to wait for me, and she doesn't. Oh, I told her to go. Oh, you told her to go. Yeah. I said, wait for me, and she still doesn't wait. Yeah. And... So then, okay, so she goes, and then you end up getting to her camp, <clears throat> you see her camp, and then you get picked up by... And you have this, like, final conversation with her about what's going to happen next. Yeah. Um, Dave, like, I know, Dan, you didn't get there. Like, Dave, what, what did, how did you steer that direction? I mean, like, I talked to her about being a therapist because, like, you know, she obviously loves to talk, mm. you know. And, and then she talked to me about, you know, going back to my wife and, you know, dealing with things finally. She said that to you? Yeah. Interesting. You know. Uh, did you... So you didn't get, like, a branch of trying to, like, should we be together? That, whether or not me and Delilah should be together? Yeah. No. I mean, I didn't... Uh. I didn't... I pushed that away, like, as an option after the the flirt... The flirt... Uh, the That flirty night with the with the fire. Because, like, you know, she does get into that. She's kind of pushy that night when she's flirting, and I'm not, not responding at first. And then she says something like, I, you know, I wish I could be over there right now. And I, I gave in a little. I was like, "Well, what would you do if I if you're over yeah, here?" Yeah. And then like, but uh, See, like, and then which is interesting. Good. I wanted to say is like after um, that, after that conversation, when you wake up the next time, your wedding ring isn't on; it's on the desk. And it you is. And, and you have an option; you could put it back. I on. wish I did. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I probably would have. And when I continue it, I'll let you know. But <laughs> when that came up, I think I spoke. I didn't bring it up the first time I could have. But the second time she asked about, like, my life, mm-hmm. uh, I said, oh, I'm, I'm married. Yeah. You know, like, mm. I wasn't going to hide it from yeah. her because I felt like that would lead to some weird moments. Mm-hmm. And I felt really guilty considering I had a wife who had dementia mm-hmm. who was in Australia. Yeah. And I was basically ignoring that to go be in the wilderness yeah. and talk to this other strange right. woman. I felt guilt for that, so I, I yeah. did what I think I think Dave did pretty much. It's like, 
You guys are making me feel like a terrible person. You know well, what? I, I mean, uh, <laughs> you were playing a character, so it's okay. That's what I thought. I right. was like, uh, what? Like when I was thinking about Henry's arc, I'm like, maybe this whole opportunity for him to get away is his opportunity to move on. Because mm-hmm. your wife's not going to get better. Your wife's not going to get better. That relationship, although you might see the pot, like the windows of it where it is what it used to be, she's not going to get better. Yeah. And so maybe this is the point where Delilah, another kind of broken person come together and they kind of put the pieces together so i thought that was my thought process going into the ending and then i brought that up with her and sh- she tells you kind of just very wishy-washy eh, maybe yeah maybe we'll meet up afterwards and she doesn't and then you get in the helicopter and you leave and the game ends yeah so my biggest thing with this game just to kind of start like wrapping it up and putting like the yeah. big idea okay. what did i take away from this when <clears> i first played through it i was just like there's something I'm missing. Mm-hmm, like it feels mm-hmm. like this was a story, but when I'm thinking about the arc of Henry, this this guy who you know he's kind of a you know rough around the edges kind of guy who falls in madly in love with this girl. Their relationship isn't you know is very nice, but it's even like so like what it is. It's not like this textbook kind of relationship. And so in love, her. won't move to the East Coast for. Her. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so like he's a broken man. So his, and now he's running from his problems yeah. going, taking this job. So he needs to come to kind of some sort of solution or figure out what he needs to do in the next step of his life. And it never happens. Mm-hmm. And it just, the game ends. Like he literally makes jokes about just, oh, that's what alcohol is for when you're depressed. Like, mm. It's just like you haven't learned anything from this experience. Maybe that was <laughs> that was your experience because your your Henry never never comes to terms with everything. Well, I mean, like, so you felt from the decision you made that he said things that made you feel like he came to terms with. Life. Yeah, like he was going to go home at least, you know, go go see his wife, deal with mm. it, mo- probably move on afterwards. But he needs that, like, like he was going to go home and get closure. And I think that's the kind of the story of this game is that idea, again, of, mm-hmm. of like getting, like you said, like getting closure. Like, this is a position where, like, well, as I'm looking at my notes, it's all about escapism. Mm-hmm. And there is a nice meta element to this when you're thinking about, you know, he's going away to kind of get an escape yeah. from this, his life and his problems to play a role as a as the Firewatch guy, mm-hmm. where we're playing a video game to escape our mm-hmm. lives to play the role yeah. of the guy who's playing the Firewatch guy. Um, and then I think it does this little interesting thing where it is when you think about like he's trying to get wrapped up in in uh, this story, and this actually reminded me. This is this is a deep cut. You ready? When I was I don't know what age I was. I was probably it was like one of my first sleepovers. Okay. And and so there's like me and four. I, I don't think you were there, Dave, because I we didn't no. hang out when I was like in fifth sixth grade. Okay. Um, so we were having a sleepover and. We heard a noise upstairs, so we went upstairs, and we didn't see anything, but I told everybody, I saw something jump over the backyard fence. I didn't. I thought I saw something, but I wasn't sure, but I said it like I was, mm-hmm. and I was a kid, and they were like, oh, my God, there's someone in the backyard. What are we going to do? So we go downstairs to start planning, and I remember that very vividly, that memory, and that was literally, I was probably, what, mm-hmm. like 10, okay. 9, and... I remember, like, I lied. I never really saw anything. So why did I say that? Mm-hmm. And that, this whole game made me think of that, where it's like this idea of sometimes you want to buy into a narrative. Mm-hmm. You want to have an experience. Mm-hmm. 
And Henry, as he escapes, like, this kind of the problems of his life, Mm -hmm. he's interested in kind of buying into these things. There is a monster out here. There is a government conspiracy that's following me. Am I going crazy? It's like he almost kind of wants to buy into this is something. But it's not. You know what was... It's reality. One of the the theory that I had, like, halfway through the game at one point or another was that... Because especially going off back off that first time that she leaves the radio on and she's like... Do you think he's onto it? Would you? That whole thing was that. Yeah. I thought since you you vol- you take the job out of a paper, it seems like that's always like in movies, and so like that's the uh, how you wind up getting a volunteer for a, a science experiment that they're they don't know that they're a part of, right? And that's right. what I thought this was. Like I thought that without Henry knowing, like he went in to just get some peace of mind. But he actually volunteered to be a guinea pig in a study on relationships with mm. with somebody who's playing a part, Delilah. Right. Like, who's trying to egg you on, you know, trying to get close and just trying to find out how, when somebody only has correspondence with one other person, what does that do to them? due to them right and there's those threads there that make you think that but again mm-hmm. it all kind of falls flat and it's just this one guy mm-hmm. who is setting all these things up because he you know f- wants to, to be alone mm-hmm. and wants to kind of keep people away yeah and and i was thinking about like i didn't kind of feel that way like my mm-hmm. initial feeling when I, I ended the game was disappointment i was like <clears throat> i felt like this was a narrative that didn't go anywhere mm-hmm. but i i'm starting to think that's kind of the point mm-hmm. Where it's when you have problems in your life and you're trying to escape them by go like buying it, you're more eager to buy into other narratives to kind of occupy you. But eventually, you can't run from your problems forever. Yeah. It's kind of like the fire, yeah, where there is this fire burning in the distance and they see it, and eventually they can't escape it anymore. And you, they have you to have flee. to deal with it, right? Yeah. And I think your ending feels a little bit more appropriate, where he then owns up to it. He's like, okay. That I can't run from my problems. I have to go deal with Julia and what her what she's going through. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, just the way I took Henry is like I was looking for it here and I never found mm-hmm. it. See, I I, t- I, got, I got you. I, I see. The thing, the whole reason why I started the second playthrough mm-hmm. was because I want to catch her lying to me. Interesting. Because I want to see how I can be like, this is bullshit. You're you're working with Ned. Like, I want to see if that thread is ever available for to fully uncover. Right. Because I feel like that's how Nobody he's following is. you. I'm like, it's be Like, she, he's tapping your, your, your walkie-talkie because that's how walkie-talkies work. They, yeah, they, they yeah. exist on a channel. She gives you the idea that they give you a, a new walkie-talkie that's untapped. I'm like, it's still going to mm. operate the same way. You just change frequencies. You mm. know what I mean? Like, like she's... I felt like she was working with Ned to just, like, the entire time. Like, she says that, like, she can't, like, that she's unaware of that research facility. But you could see her lookout tower from the facility. Right, right. So it's like, how did you not see that? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing about Delilah. Like, she's still kind of mysterious. Mm-hmm. Like, you, As much as you think you get to know her, you don't. Mm-hmm. And but I like... Oh, what were you I was going to say, but even with that stuff, even with those things that she's lying to you about, I still feel like you're, although she's not being honest with you about the stuff that's going on, I think, because she's covering for Ned, mm-hmm. I do think, which is why she comes 
she takes it so hard when she finds out that you know Brian's, Brian's dead, dead in there. Yeah. But um, I do think that your friendship with her is real. Like, yeah, I think they definitely did do experience something, but it, it's that idea of are they ever going to take it beyond this this one moment? Yeah. Well, I I just think that she's that type of person anyway. Like, where like yeah. you know how some people like the idea of the relationship mm-hmm. is yep. is what makes it amazing. But like then once you have it, like it's all about the chase, like that flirt. Yeah, that and that's again, that's, period. that's a way to kind of escape your problems where you're buying into a narrative. Like, you're never going to really... It's I, the idea of the Yeah, I don't want to actually be in a relationship with you because we're both hot messes. But Exactly. But if we're going to end up but nowhere. the that relationship that can never be is so romantic. Like, it's like, yeah. you know, something that you can build up in your mind. And Right, right. Anyway. Anyway, so yeah, just to wrap it up, like, yeah. my my final feelings is like, I don't know. I think I, this is this is my jam. This is when I think about what I really like about games. I like narrative-driven games that are trying to make a point and tell a story. And I I like as the more I think about it, I like the nuances of what it's trying to do. But as I was playing it, I just kind of felt I don't want to say disappointed. Just not not as kind of hit in the gut like I was hit like with Oxenfree or something like that. Like I just think. It's ultimately a story about a guy who's trying to escape his problems and can't. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing, of course, of this kind of walking simulator going through point by point that while I was pretty look at, there was nothing I felt that really hit anything super, super interesting that I, mm-hmm. I was kind of – I felt like it was dragging a little bit. And now when, once I – like once I think about the ending, I was okay with it. But the middle portions, like as it's leading you down these dead ends mm-hmm. – I don't know. I just feel like it was an interesting experience, but I don't know if I necessarily loved it. Like, I think if people who are into narrative games like like us and we like discussing the things, it is a nice game to, as I look at our time, like we've been talking about this game almost like an hour. Like, it's definitely interesting to discuss, but at the same time, I don't know. I just think there it could have been a much more interesting story to tell. That's just how I kind of feel about it. I hear I I hear what you're saying. I just I really like that like there's so much that you have to like think about and and kind of make your own assumptions and and like they leave so much open to interpretation. They don't spell mm-hmm. things out for you because sometimes I feel like when when it's spelled out for you, you're not maybe taking this medium as uh as well as you could, you know? Like it's not a I movie, it's not that. a book. I mean, sometimes that those can be open-ended too, and open to interpretation. But I feel like it's like a lot of time. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I guess that's a it's a poor choice. Not really the, the medium that matters. But anyway, um, <laughs> I just, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, and maybe I lucked out with some of my conversation trees and the decisions that I made. That that ending was a little bit more fulfilling. You know, that's interesting. Dan, final word. I know. I haven't spoken in like a while. I was yeah, I know. watching well, you guys go for it. Well, this is what happens when you don't well, finish the game. Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't have had too much more to say because I would have had Dave's experience the way I was going for sure. Um, mm. But I think it was a really big design flaw to not put other people in the world with me uh, more often. Mm. Um, it sounds like you only see a corpse and like shadows. That's basically it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And... And um, that I guess that might you could argue is part of the storytelling. It's like you're yeah. alone in this place. All you have is, you know, um, Delilah on the radio, and that I get that. I understand that. But the 
I guess on the other side of that, it also leaves nothing to mystery. Because if I like got if I saw Ned for a second, like running away, or if I saw like well, well you just see him th- in the beginning more than once, but you don't know it's him. If you see him, and then like if you see him like do something else, or if you see like Delilah looking at the you know like you see her in the distance, so it's almost more frustrating because mm-hmm. if you could see her waving from her lookout with the binoculars or something. But you never, like... Is that something that happens? No. Like, well, you always see the lights on her... But you never, like, see her, like... You never just, see her. Even a shadow would have been... I, I guess that's, like... Maybe it's a nitpick, but, um... It's something that I felt in the beginning. I was like, I feel so alone. This is weird. No, but I think that's mm. the point. You know? But, I, I... But then why am I even working? That's a good question. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. But besides that, I guess the storytelling was good. The graphics had me. Like, I haven't stopped uh, that much in a game. And I've only been halfway through it, so I stopped looking at the Oh, you got the camera, right? I got the camera. I took some pictures. I want to... Yeah, I guess I, I took, took a picture. Pictures. There's a picture of myself as well. Yeah, the very um, first one. Yeah, I haven't checked any of them. Well, yeah, you, I'm sure you, you have can't. to finish have, it. It's in the credits. Yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? That's awesome. I, and, I skipped um, at the credits if it makes you feel better. Oh, I guess I'm going to have the hat on then. That's cool. Oh, you have the, um, you have the Korean War Vets hat on? There's yeah. actually another hat that the that the uh, developers or the, the designer added um, without uh, telling the uh, the director of the game. There's a hat in, the, in front of the truck when you very show up the very first time that's designed after that director's actual hat. Oh, wow. It's like that's this funny. yellow Colorado hat or whatever. Super hot. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. but they surprised them to, like that they put that hat in the game and that's why there there are two hooks for hats and every day you could choose to wear one of those two hats. Ah, cool, interesting. So ultimately, I obviously should finish it. it sounds interesting. I want to see what I get at the end. Yeah, and maybe um, you'll have a different relationship with Delilah than we did. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely am not a. She sounds sympathetic to me right now. I'm not sure if that's the experience yet. She's like, oh, I'm really sorry you're going through this. I will I will say that. In my second playthrough, where I was a little less um, compassionate, forthcoming with my oh. my information, she yeah. was a lot more forthcoming with her information. Like she's she starts giving you more information about herself to try yeah. and you know, I guess incentivize you to feel safe to share with her. Right, and she talks cool. a lot about like open relationships and stuff like that. Let me just, right. but anyway, <laughs> exhausting. Well, to put a bow in it, we, we that was yeah. meaty boys. Yeah. All right, so Firewatch, put it away. Uh, next section of the night, we like to talk a little bit about what we're playing. Uh, Dan, why don't we start with you? What, what are you playing right now? Majora's Mask on the 3DS. Whoa! Uh, so I took a break from Chrono Trigger after what I would consider well, <laughs> <laughs> a break. A break to beat this game because I stopped in the middle of. Majora's Mask to start Chrono Trigger up again. So I want to be done with one of my portable games. Uh, Dan, if you don't be Chrono Trigger... What's going to happen? It's cutting you off. Remember that that threat I made you before? It's going to be worse. I'm glad that it's recorded now. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. So I've been playing Majora's Mask. This is a phenomenal Zelda game. I have to say. Like, they break the Zelda formula. They... It's creepy. It's so weird. Do you like it more than Ocarina? Um, maybe because it's new. Tear. Um, 
It's definitely a more. I couldn't handle Majora's Mask. It's the game filled me with anxiety that the things I did were undone the next day because it's a re- it's... repeat of the same day. Yeah, that's right. It's but it's it's no, so. No, it's not fair. It's correct. It's the greatest uh, use of time travel in a video game in a long time, because a lot of what I liked about Ocarina of Time has to do with your effect on the world, and um, just to see that kind of get undone, and then you're kind of like doing the same events in a different place during the same time frame. It's really cool to me. Although they break a lot of time travel rules, but that's besides exactly, the point. Major- which is why I yeah. don't like it. I should see other links running around. I should see like so many other links running around. But I don't. Is it? It's like a. It's like the, a darker Zelda, isn't it? Like so whole... just yeah. Without starting on a Zelda tangent, basically what's happening is the moon is falling to the earth. You have three days to fix it. Creepy and the ocarina. Moon, part of my it's language. It's a creepy moon staring at you, and you have the ocarina of time, so you can always reset back to the dawn of the first day. And it's a real time clock in the game, so or you know. Time passes, things happen, events happen during the day, you get certain items that way, and then you have to eventually reset, because no matter what, you're going to get to the third day, and then... And the moon's going to fall. The moon falls. So, so that you're... reminds me of, like, uh, I hate games like that, like like Dead Rising, where you actually have a time that you have to complete yeah. things by. Mm, I don't like it. I like well, to pace. <laughs> it's, it's good, though. It's interesting. And also, it breaks the Zelda formula. There's only four main dungeons, mm. and but they're, it's huge, the stuff that leads up to it. And then, since I'm on the last one, I'll be back on Chrono Trigger post-haste, Close. fellas. I always feel like it's a very um, Japanese game thing. What you just the, said. like um, formulas? Um, formulas. Like, all these Japanese games, like, sequels are reimaginings of the same game. With some new mechanics. You know what well, I mean? it's a formula. Yeah. yeah, but I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm, like Uncharted... Like, which is more of an American game. Like, a sequel is keeps the same game, but it continues the story. They're like, no, mm. no, no. We're going to redo the whole thing. You know? Like Final Fantasy. Like Final Fantasy. And these Zelda games, like, you're never really... You're rarely oh, ever the same hero of time. Or hero. That's interesting. I never you, really you're only that. the same hero of Hyrule, I think, once. And that's this time. Because you play as a oh, divergent yeah. time stream of Link yeah, from tre- Ocarina. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. that's just, like you know, like like that's why every Dynasty Warriors now that's based off of quote unquote history, but like it's always like the same. It's like bam, we're we're not giving you new battles. It's the same seven battles, you know. <laughs> every game. Yeah. Every game. Are you serious? Yeah. It's always like the Battle of Hulao Gate, the Yellow Turban Rebellion, the. Yeah. Well, it's pretty hey, stuff. Yeah, chibi but, and all that stuff. But does it go different? No. Well, it could, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, in, wait, wait, wait. in history, only one thing happened. If you hear a surprise in my voice, it's because I know you both love Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. Correction. Like, we, I loved. Oh Western no! Dynasty it's a broken Warriors. relationship. So Dave is the only holdout. Well, we could appreciate what it was at the time. I will always remember. And Uncle <laughs> sounds like a, an old love. <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was good for what it was when it was. Well, it was cool just to seeing all those enemies on. Yeah, screen. like it was like the other, one of the first games you ever played that had that many people on screen at once. Yeah, okay. you know? and then I watched Dave play as Dion Wei, and Dion. he killed the Yellow Turban Rebellion, and I was like, "This is amazing!" This is amazing. So, square square really? trial, <laughs> and he killed Jesus at the end. So, question: Whoa, that dude looks like Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Like Jesus. <laughs> question for both of you and then i'll let my point my my part be done 
How do you feel about the spinoffs? Do you have a favorite like Dynasty Warriors spinoff? Like I don't play those. No, games. no, no, no. I'm I talking don't... about Gundam. I'm talking about Zelda, like Dynasty the, Warriors, Samurai Warriors, and stuff like that. I never played High Wars Samurai. I played Samurai Warriors for like two seconds. I didn't like it. And what's um, that based on? Samurai Worker. Samurai Warriors is based off of like feudal Japan. Oh, so it's just another. Oh, yeah, it's not like a different with, game though. Yeah, you know, like with. Oda Nubunaga, whatever his name is. Okay. Nubunaga. Yeah. True story. When I was in a play in high school, I had to, at one point, a character I was playing has to speak uh, Chinese gibberish. <laughs> and I definitely said Nobunaga. Why didn't you just learn some Chinese? <laughs> yeah, I was going to learn Chinese for one line in high school. No, thanks. Can't be that long. I don't know. I, I, I've just totally gone past all those movie anyway. games. I can't. I can't so even. I'm going to throw it right back to you, Mark. Then what are you currently playing? Not much, actually. Um, <laughs> I I platinumed uh, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, it got it was fun. It, it got a little grindy towards the end for some of the trophies. Like you have to upgrade all the weapons to yeah. max. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up playing the game like two and a half times through. Oh wow! But and it, which I think kind of was like, Ugh, I'm done with this by this point. But I was like so close. Like let me just keep going. But no, definitely a great game. The movie from the Metacritic got panned terribly. And I, d- I think the game is really, really good. So I would be very interested to see if they kind of take a, like a new, like kind of new beginning with Ratchet and Clank and keep going. Um, yeah. So I, I played that. Um, I'm playing Alienation now, and I played through um, the Final Fantasy 15 demo that came out when they had the the release date thing, because you can get Carbuncle if you beat it when you when you get the actual game. Okay. And, I don't know, like, it's, you know, God, when did they they announce that game? Like, 10 years ago? Uh, it was Final so, Fantasy Versus 13? I think it was announced before they had, like, some of the good. MMOs done. It was a long like, time ago. They made a whole other MMO expansion or something like that in the whole time that it was announced. And they made the whole 13 trilogy. Right. Yeah, so, like, it's been for, this was supposed to be a PlayStation 3 game. You just reminded me of Final Fantasy 13, thanks. Let's not, let's not talk about it. But, um... <laughs> I actually, from playing the demo, it was really like a story demo. It was kind of almost like a tech demo where it showed off the lighting engine and just like the mechanics of the battle system. And I will say I'm more excited to play Final Fantasy XV now that I play the demo than after. Like it is taking like a kingdom. It's not quite Kingdom Hearts battle system, but it is kind of that like action-based quickness where you have like these four different weapons. You can kind of switch between them and... You know, like, these kind of quick, like, battles and you're jumping through them or it's not, like, initiating battle, ending battle. Here's your experience points. Like, it's kind of all real time. And it's a gorgeous game. And I I really like the trailer, oddly enough, out of all the things. Like, they had that, like, Florence and the Machine, like, cover of Stand By Me as, like, these four guys going across a road trip. So, I don't know. I, I think I was a little worried to play it, but now that I play the demo, like, it feels good playing it. So, I think, um... I'm definitely jumping in when it comes out and whatever it is. Uh, what are you playing, Dave? Silence. Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't really have much time right now. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm not playing anymore. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> is I'm not Whoa. playing, uh, I'm not playing Rocket League in freaking uh, ranked matches. Oh no, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad idea. That was like a bad idea. I don't know. 
I know that night uh, where we got trounced by those people who were oh, basically only ever hitting the ball in the air, which is something that we haven't really mastered. Not too good at it. Yeah, but uh, I I don't I don't know if you guys realized how quiet I was getting, and then eventually I, I just signed off because I was just like I can't you, I can't do this. I was just getting quieted. More and more angry and more and more quiet. <laughs> you rage quitted dinosaur machines for the first time probably ever. Uh, it was probably. It was, it was very, me and Dad were like, is he? Yeah, he, I was like, his power definitely went out. <laughs> Dave definitely like broke his computer, his uh, controller. That's, that's the answer. It was bad. There's no way Dave left us here. Yeah, I, I didn't pull uh, Dan and uh, try and switch Hopefully. controllers and actually shut off my whole, ma- my whole console. <laughs> That's how you real life, Dan Horn. <laughs> I was about to say, it was like a Gallahorning. But, um, well, that's it. Did you, so you haven't played since... I mean, well, we played that unranked match, like, the next week, right? Or something pre- like that. Those, those you, were you okay. Played, that's okay. And they have this new basketball version. Yeah, where, so you have to always be in the air now. Now well, it's not, like that... Not necessarily. It's all about the balance of the ball, and you're trying to arc it a specific way. Up. Yeah. I played with uh, my brother-in-law, and it was, it was actually pretty fun. Mm. We actually oh. won a few matches, and we're not that good. Okay. Yeah. So, let's try it So, out. final topic, the main event. Mm. Are, you, are you guys settling in for a little <laughs> trivial taste maker? Trivial taste maker. We need, like, a better song. Time to make the taste. Okay. Okay. Here's the deal. Anyway. The current scoreboard stands. This is the end of season one, because we're in I hate being in save so much. I'm sorry. Dan, two and a half points. Go on. Dave, two and a half points. Uh huh. Mark Zero. What? Anyway. Oh, what was that? I didn't hear you. What did you say? Listen. I don't want Coke Zero. <laughs> so you want to get you want to get into this? <laughs> you are, you right are my hero. <laughs> so here's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So this is the way we're going to do trivial tastemakers going forward. We always pick six games, we play through them, then we have like a new rotation. So the scoreboard will always be resetted after every six. Okay. Okay. The winner. We'll get a, I don't know, like a golden star. A, a star? You won season one. In what form? Yeah. I don't know. We'll figure, we'll figure something out. So the, whoever wins tonight will be the first. You buy me some ever. coffee? Maybe I'll buy you a coffee at Dunkin's, Dunkin' Donuts Coffee. So I felt, I felt to come up with a question because it's my turn. I need to come up with something bigger. And what I was thinking was Chrono Trigger Endgame questions. Uh, but I was like, that's not fair to Dan. No. Okay, so dude. here's what we're going to do. <laughs> I'm getting my, my phone. I'm waiting for one of these to become a game competition. Go on. Oh, you don't even know. That's so here's happen. how we're going to do this. One okay. of my favorite games ever in oh, no. grade school was the game Geography. I don't know if you ever played it. Nope. No. I don't know. But what is Geography? <laughs> geography is to expand our knowledge of the world. Someone would say either a country, a state, a city, a river, something. And then whatever that ends with that letter... The next person has to say something that starts with that letter. Okay. Oh. So we're doing the same thing with games tonight, boys. Oh, okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to with... talk about maps. No, but th- <laughs> that with actual geography. <laughs> I was going like, to. It's just an actual <laughs> trivia. How like, big is Dave Hyrule? Wins. So to keep this to make sure there's no like cheating. Yeah. And there's a lot of games. Okay. A, the... We need to so cover. Here's how it's going to work? I'm gonna. I need Dan to. I need, technically, mm, oh, I need to know one thing first. <laughs> Go for it. If I say a game that's like Uncharted Two okay. versus Uncharted, no, no, let's say 
He said something that ends in oh. you. I just said something that ends in the number two. No, we're going. You get one game per. Like you cannot use Uncharted one, two, three, four. Okay. No, but you can't do that. So, all right. Since this example, I guess would be used. If you say Uncharted, is it the next game has to start in D? Yeah. So if you say Uncharted, the next game has to start with D, and then whatever that game ends with, that's the next letter you have to start. With. And if you say Uncharted two, the next game has to start with O. No, you're allowed one game per franchise. So he's saying no sequels. What if the game actually ends in a, in a, a number? Like what? Um, <laughs> no. I'm gonna use a book because I can't think of a game right now as Fahrenheit 451 ends <laughs> in one. The word one. Are we gonna, so, it's an e. so E? Yeah. Okay, that's what I wanted. I just I just wanted to set that ground rule. Okay. Any other questions about this before we start? Mm-hmm. I'm already anxious. Is that a question? Mm-hmm. Okay, so no <laughs> games, multiple games per series. Mm-hmm. Mario and stuff like that. Like if it's like Yoshi's Island is not Super Mario. It's different. Well, that's Super okay. Mario World 2, technically. And then there's Mario Bros, which is a different game. You see the fist. <laughs> fist the cops right now. <laughs> Here's the, the, the one tricker, and I'm going to be very strict with this. You get 15 seconds between choices if you were go over it you can't take you longer than 15 seconds to come up with the game it's over all right okay to keep this i'm thinking that will keep this to a reasonable length okay all right i'm gonna start and though i'm not playing oh wait i'm gonna okay well keep because going. i'm I, I i'm the 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 guy <laughs> so dan i consider dan the the uh Challenger, the challenger, because Dave had the most points, the points first, and Dan is catching up. So Dan, you're going to be up first. Great. Okay. So I'm going to start with the game. Whatever the letter ends with, that's the game. The letter has to start with for the next game. Love it. Ready? Totally. Chrono Trigger. Ratchet and Clank. Okay. Uh, Knack. Okay. Um, kaleidoscope. Is that a is that a real game? I don't yeah, know. No, I, it's, I've, <laughs> I'll allow it. Kaleidoscope so ends no. in, ends in E then, right? Yes. Um, mm, five seconds. Ah, you son of a b. Um. I can't, I'm up. just I'm just <laughs> blanking. I'm like, there's so many games uh, in the world. Requests, yeah. yeah I'm sure. I'm just, I'm just blanked on E. Hold on, let me check on my. I'm checking on Kaleidoscope <laughs> because I've no, I've seen the title. I'm seeing it. That's why I'm like, Kaleidoscope with a K. Scope video. This this is the shortest thing ever. I expected this goes up. If I won, fifteen seconds is a very short amount of time. There is a video game called Kale- No. This is actually yeah, Kaleidoscope video game. PlayStation Three. Yeah, I remember seeing this game back in the day. There is a game Kaleidoscope for PlayStation Three. <laughs> it's by CGR Undertale. In a world record, Dan Colonna. <laughs> okay. You are the season one winner of the Trivial Taste. Why can't I think of any games that start with the letter E? He just gave you. I know he's at EverQuest, but I, I want. <laughs> I want to think of one. <laughs> uh, nothing's on my shelf. I'm looking at my shelf right now. I was like, is there anything obvious that I should have gotten? Enslaved. That is a game. Evolve. We Evolve. We did play Evolve together. <laughs> Evolve. Uh, I wanted. To, I, I wanted to say Ender's Game, but I was like, Earthbound. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> we were just talking about Earthbound. There you go. You're playing Earthbound, technically. Yeah, I am. Well, that was very shortly. Yeah, it yeah, happens. Sometimes, I feel so dirty. Sometimes when... cheaters never prosper. Not that I'm calling you a cheater. Uh, I don't. But maybe, wait, but maybe I am. I don't know. If anyone's a cheater here, it's not me. Let's not get into that. Some feelings are going to get hurt right now. I am uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. So we're now done with our first batch of new games. Yeah. Very clapping. Woo! No, just me. Yeah. No, I'll go a little. A mini clap. Thank you. Dave. Okay. To the random game chooser machine. We have to come up with a better name for it. We have to come uh, up with a few things. I need a theme song, too. <laughs> oh, it's like a scene change. We should call it the... Game chooser machine. And Dave, okay. That was the say, Dave game randomizer? Are you ready? Dave. So we should read these games. For for so. our next season, the games that we'll be playing are... Dan, go ahead. All right. Hyper Light Drifter. Ori and the Blind Forest. Stories, The Path of Destinies. You have a little P there. Aviary Attorney. You have a little P. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I said that. Oh, man. All right, so aviary. Thank you, aviary attorney. Emily is away. That's Super. <laughs> Time force ultra. <laughs> and last going to keep noticing games that start with yeah. Right. So, so, my so, life. <laughs> so I believe I picked uh, Super Time Force Ultra and the stories, the path of destinies. Right. And Mark, you picked no, no. Mark picked Ari in the Blind Forest. And, and Emily's away, away, and Dave picked Aviary Attorney and Hyperlight Drifter. Yep. All right, here we go. And the first game we'll be playing is <sighs> Stories, Story. the Path uh, of Destiny. Joint. Mm. Everything's coming up, Dan, tonight. Mm. You know what Dan needs to do now? Well, first of all, Dan, why did you pick this game? I picked this game because it has the word Destiny in it, and I like Destiny as a concept. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, the hold on. I like the fact that it had branching paths and twitchy gameplay mm. because that is something we've had one or the other of. And um, I would like to see what happens if we put it together. And here's the real question. Will Dan beat it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> deaf. 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 Moe's deaf. I heard it here first. Oh, yeah. Dan is going to beat this game. He's committing well, to, to complete this game. <laughs> I'm going to completionist this one. <laughs> I hope so. Because I think this will be an interesting one, cause especially if it is branching paths, we can kind of say the different ways we work. It's actually interesting, it. if I can reflect on season one of the Dinosaur Machines Game Club podcast. Um, you mean the current season or the lost season? Hey, we the one we're we at the end of. of this, is the, this is the finale. <laughs> what lost season? What are you talking about? I I, I've never about. recorded before. Um, is that it's really interesting having to find time to play video games you've been assigned mm. versus playing games you'd play normally because it's not that i'm more mentally active i guess i'm having the same experience but it's just such a like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna unwind let me fire up the ps4 or whatever and Mm. then it's just like sometimes i'm like oh wait i should totally be playing the game that i have to play for the podcast let me work that into my sketch Mm. it's like a second thing it's like for some reason it's not taking over my relaxing game time well, you get it to take a Oh, no, I can totally work it in. It's just an interesting new way of thinking. Like, I've never had to be uh, assigned. Well, in every book club, there's always that person who doesn't read the book. Yeah, great, great. <laughs> you know, I mean, I love that feedback. That really makes me want to become the person who reads the book. Yeah. It makes it really inspires me. Uh, yeah, yeah right. such an regardless of whether or not he picked it. 
right. can tell this bothers you guys a lot. So no. I'm gonna make sure, no, you should be bothered, but especially when it's the game you hey. <laughs> How's this? I give you a perspective that neither of you are brave enough to go get. <laughs> the perspective of not having played it? Procrastination is one of the greatest pushers in this world of, of completing things. Okay. All right, all right. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, we would appreciate any ratings, any feedback, and any subscribes. Um, and, yeah. And this is the Dinosaur Machines Game Club Podcast. I'm Mark Magro. I'm Dave Grimmo. Make sure you snap, snap, snap. I'm Dan Colonna. Oh, snap. There it was. I just wanted to snap. snap, this, snap. Is, I feel like these are cheap victory sn- uh, snaps. He's got a, he's got a golden I blanked. I blanked on E. When you finish your poem in a, in a poetry place, you're like, it's clapping. Yeah, it's, the, it's a poetry slam. Anyway, yeah. uh, have a great night. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.